0: Welcome to Mindset and Money Mastery for Photographers, the podcast. We help overwhelmed photographers make more money while simplifying their business by mastering their, you guessed it, mindset and money. Tune in each week for practical and actionable tips to take your photography business up a notch. Let's dive right in. Today we have Charlotte joining us and we're going to be talking about websites. I love and hate this topic. Personally, I feel like websites are a necessary evil. It's something we all have to have. And I feel like all too often we overcomplicate it and we make it too much about all of the wrong things. So today we're going to dive into a little bit about what you need to think about and really three important things you need to consider when you're building your website. So Charlotte, do you want to introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do and why you're here on this podcast with me talking about websites today?
1: Yeah, so I'm Charlotte. I'm based in central Georgia right now. I'm a dog and equine photographer. And when I started my business, I really fell in love with the marketing side of things, the messaging, specifically the words in which we use to engage our clients. At the time, I was also working for a family business and I had the opportunity then to help them create a new website. I described their old website as being an online museum. It was uh, very, very old, very dated in not just visually, but in the way that it was worded. And so that business used my services to get with a web developer. And I did a lot of reading and everything into how to create a website based off of the story brand framework. And so I gained a lot of experience in creating that website. Then I did a second one for them. I also helped my local town. I was on their convention visitors bureau. So I also helped them create their website. Um, And since then, I've realized that it's something that I really enjoy doing. Whenever I have an idea, I tend to flesh it out on a landing page or a website. It's just the way my brain works. And so it's something that I've realized that I can help other photographers with, other photographers and other business owners in general struggle with what should and shouldn't be on the website, the order it should be, and you know how they can use their website as an effective tool to convert uh, visitors into paying clients, which is the ultimate goal. So that's what I have started doing. I love that. And it's been really
0: fun watching you on this journey because I remember when you started the journey and I had done my website with somebody before, and then you kind of grabbed onto the idea and you kind of took off with it and you started doing all these websites and it was really fun to watch you grow and learn and do all of the things. So I'm excited to have you here and to be talking about this because it's coming full circle. And I'm sitting here thinking like, man, it's been a really long time since I did that to my website. I'm like, I just need to hire Charlotte to just do my website for me because I need to update it. So Absolutely. y'all don't look at my website and judge me because I literally haven't touched it in five years. Um <laughs> So let's talk about that idea first real quick. I think that there are certain genres where you have to be better at your website than others because you have more competition. However, it is important that you have a really solid website that gets your clients where you need them to go. So I like to say like, if you're listening to this and you are a wedding photographer, if you're a baby photographer, if you're a family photographer, you better have your website like top notch. It better be top of the world, best thing ever because you have a lot of competition on Google. You have a lot of people that are going through Google, clicking on websites, and they're going to leave in like 15 seconds if your website isn't good. You know, If you're in a smaller genre that has a more limited group of people, then you can be a little bit lazier because your clients might not be weeding through a hundred photographers to find you. They might be weeding through 10 or 15, but still, if your website doesn't convert and get them to contact you, you're going to be in a world of hurt because you don't want to miss out on those inquiries that you could be getting because your website isn't functional or it's not serving its purpose. The primary purpose of our website is to get us inquiries, period the end, like that's it. It should be converting and it should get us inquiries. But in order to do that, we need to make sure we really talk about these three things first. So I'm going to lay out these three ideas and then Charlotte is going to share a little bit more about each one of them. So the first thing you need to consider is having clear messaging and really clear and concise messaging at that. The second thing you need to consider is a strong call to action because if your clients don't know how to contact you or what they're supposed to do when they get there, they're just going to leave your website. And lastly, you really have to keep your clients at the center of your website and make it about them and not about you. So let's start with this first idea of having really clear messaging. And I think as photographers, this is a place we fall short because we rely on our photos. And I think we do this in all of our marketing, to be honest with you, social media, even the first thing we forget about is our words. We're like, well, we put a picture out there. That really pretty picture on the top of our website should be enough to make people go, let's book with her, or let's just throw a carousel up there and people are going to see all the beautiful photos I take. And they're going to be like, yes, let's hire her. But I'm going to say that pictures are not enough. Your words and your messaging is equally as important, if not more important Mm -hmm. than just your images that are there. And I'll take this a step further too. I know that Charlotte and I have some things we don't necessarily always agree on, but I'm going to take this a step further as a business coach and as somebody who talks a lot about your why and why you're doing this. You need to make sure that your messaging is clear and concise, but that it also speaks to your why and the deeper meaning behind what you're doing. Because really people buy into our why they hire us because they connect with us and they love us and they get our hearts and they see our hearts. And I think that having that element in your messaging is equally as important as having the good clear messaging that gets the point across that you need to get across to them. So Charlotte, share your thoughts on this whole idea of clear messaging and really what that looks like from a website perspective.
1: Yeah, so basically going to be two types of visitors to your website. It's going to be those what you'd call organic visitors or just like cold leads, I guess, or warm leads maybe that are going to, you know, Google you. So those are going to be people that are like, I'm looking for a pet photographer, dog photographer, horse photographer, whatever. And they're going to land on your webpage. And then the second type of visitors are going to be those that maybe, you know, you've had some interaction with. So they would be a warmer lead. And that you have given, shared your information. Hey, check out my website. Or it might be someone that follows you on Facebook. Hey, go to this. You know, go to my website to to get more information. Either way, that client needs to know why they're there for one, and that you're going to solve the problem or the uh, you know provide them with the service that they are looking for. And in order to do that, in order to convey that, you need to be able to convey that to them in a concise way. The days where you could have blocks and blocks and blocks of text on a website are far behind us. Um, What I was referring to earlier about the online museum, back in the day, people would sit and, you know, fascinated by the thought that they were reading a website, you know, about somewhere across the other side of the world, they would sit and they would read large chunks of text. The culture these days has not only shortened our attention span, but it's to the point where we are constantly moving and and that movement in websites translates to scrolling. So we are in a scrolling culture. We're not going to be getting out of it anytime soon. So it's really important that what you have to say to people, you're saying it quickly, concisely, without too much fluff. And interestingly, that goes into, you know, many parts of your business, Uh, We like cutting the fluff here, but uh, (laughs) yes, I agree that the emotional words, your why does need to be interwoven into your website. But what I've seen is that so many people take their why and they make it about themselves. And the point in interweaving your why and those emotive words that go with your why is not to talk about yourself. The point is to show people why you do what you do and why what you do is going to solve their problem and going to be something that you want your customers to buy, buy, sign up for, whatever. So with clear messaging, it needs to be very easily digestible. No, really, I would say stay away from paragraphs of any description, Mm -hmm. um, particularly on your homepage. And, you know, the, the simple rule of thumb with messaging is as we are in this scrolling culture, the further down a page someone scrolls, the more invested they are and the more likely they are to read a little bit more. But by a little bit more, I still don't mean paragraphs and pages and pages. That's what blogs are for. I mean, sentences, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's the, really the direction you want to go with your messaging is keep it clear and concise. And, you know, go through your, not just your web page. I mean, we're talking about web pages specifically here, websites here, but this can be in a lot of things. It could be in a, you know, informational PDF that you're sending out. It could be a lead magnet. It could be an email to your client. There's lots of things in which your messaging comes into play. But specifically talking about websites today, you know, go through and do a self audit of that and decide is that sentence really necessary is that word really necessary does that convey am i getting am i squeezing the most value out of having that text there on the screen is it doing what i want you know, want it to do is it achieving that result for my client
0: yeah and i think as you were talking i was trying to put together some words in my head i think like an example of that just so people kind of understand what charlotte's saying there is the difference in saying like your horse has been there through everything. They've been by your side. They've never left you. Blah 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 blah. One day they're not going to be here, so you should really get pictures of your horse so they can be with you forever, and you have a piece of art in your home to show the essence of them for the rest of your life. All of that could be condensed to your horse forever.
1: Yeah, so many words. <laughs> Same
0: impact. People get the point, but you don't need all the words to say it. So you know. What I like to do with my coaching clients, and I'm sure they get really annoyed at me is I take their website and I scroll through it super fast and I glance and I'm like, okay, nothing popped out at me. It was just a sea of words. Nothing made sense. There's too many words. A great example of this is when one of my coaching clients, we started working together. She sent me this, this document that she had made up. And I remember I just took that document. I was like, too many words, too many words, cut out these words. You don't need these words. And I think she didn't talk to me for like two or three weeks because I think I really hurt her feelings that she had put so much energy into all of those words. And she had spent so much effort crafting this story and all of this stuff that she put into it that when I was like, you don't need it, it was really a hard pill to swallow. So for those of you that are listening to this and you're like, I put so much energy into all of the words on my website and there's all these beautiful paragraphs about everything. I know it's going to hurt, but just get rid of them. Like literally get rid of them. Nothing longer than like 10 words. I don't know (laughs) if there's a magical number. If you have more than 10 words in a row, it's probably too many. So Charlotte, tell us where, or give us an example of how we should be using that clear and concise messaging on our website. Looking to create more magic in your business? Make sure you join us over in Your Magic Year. Your Magic Year is our new year-long program designed to help give you direction and guidance as you move throughout the next year in your business. Together, we're going to work through quests each and every month. We're going to have a magical training every month to give you guidance and direction. But most importantly, you're going to be surrounded in a community of people that are also working towards the same goals as yourself so you don't have to feel alone. Check out the link in the show notes.
1: Yeah, so a great place to start on your website. And I strongly believe if you do absolutely nothing else to your website, you know, we're approaching busy season, we have limited time, but, you know, if you do nothing else to your website, I would say get your header straight, get your header clear, concise. And, you know, one of the great things that Donald Miller says in this is so that a caveman could read it. And what I say is I go one step further than that. And I have actually done this before to people. I have pulled up a website on browser, handed someone a laptop, turned the screen around, and I've timed them. And I, I gave them, I don't know, 30 seconds or whatever, which is pretty generous. Unfortunately, in this day and age with our strolling culture, 30 seconds is quite a lot of time for someone to spend on a website. And so then I turn the screen back around and I asked them these questions. Okay, who is this person or who is this business, whether it's a photographer or whatever, who is this business? Where are they? What do they do? And what, problem do they solve slash how can they make their clients lives better and how can you start the process with them and if your header doesn't answer those questions you're gonna have so much less success with your website purely by what's in your header and I see the most common thing I see with photographers is having this you know slideshow of images blah 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 And, you know, one thing I'd say about that is one, it's distracting having a slideshow of images. It tells me that that photographer doesn't quite know who they're gearing their website towards. But what it also tells me is that they don't really know what to say in their header. And so if you can't summarize that in your header, you know, you're already making things hard for yourself. So what I would say is your header should consist of what StoryBrand would call an aspirational identity. So that is. What is the end result that you are going to achieve for your client? Now, this really is probably one of the only places that I would encourage you on your website to use abstract, ooey gooey, as Karinda says, language. This is meant to inspire, but also at the same time to paint the picture of what the end result is. So for an example, just off the top of my head, this is not the best quality copy that you're going to have on your website, but your horse in your home forever right? That could be something that not only is it piques someone's interest, it grabs their attention, it tells me who I'm speaking to, someone with a horse, and it's giving an abstract kind of idea of the horse isn't physically in their home forever, it's artwork, right? But then you pair it with something that puts that into context of, okay, we're talking about artwork here. So even just by reading that one sentence and seeing a picture that Is relevant to that one sentence, your viewer is going to see, okay, this person creates art of my horse for my home. And so, even though your messaging needs to be clear and concise, there are places and times where it can be slightly more abstract, as I've just described. I would recommend that underneath that heading, you have a very, very literal and not just for SEO purposes, but a very literal translation to your client of what that means. It could be, I don't know, Missouri's top dog photographer or Texas's premier equine photographer serving Houston and beyond. Something like that that tells them where you are and literally what you do so that someone looking for a wedding photographer, someone looking for a newborn photographer is going to look at that header and say, oh, no, that's not me. This is a horse photographer. This is a dog photographer, you know, whatever. So I would say that that subline there needs to really, you know, convey that. And then the other thing that you need to have in your header would be the call to action. That call to action needs to be consistent across your whole page and you need to decide what that call to action is. Don't have plenty of fluffy words in there, you know, join the pack or learn more or any of this. No, let's cut right to the chase. Like, what do you want your client to do? What do you want that first action for them to do is contact you contact me, set up consultation, schedule consultation, schedule discovery call, schedule info call, something like that. Because if that client's not willing to take that action there, fine. We, they can scroll further and there are going to be multiple opportunities on this page for them to do so. So what I would say is with your header, if you do nothing else this year with your website, get your header straight, get that aspirational identity in there, Get a great image that represents what you do and how you solve your client's problem. Have a subtitle in there, which literally explains what you do in very plain English, and have a call to action on that header. Yes.
0: And I think that leads us nicely into the second piece is have a strong call to action, right?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Call
0: to action is everything. And I like to say we want all signs to point to a singular call to action. It doesn't need to be like, oh, here's contact me. Here's schedule a call. Here's send me an email. No, like decide what you want your clients to do. And I like to say like, it should be a neon flashing sign. That's like, do this, do this now. And it should just like over and over, no matter where they go on your website, it should be like that neon sign is just flashing. Like go here, do this, go here, do this so that they scroll and scroll and scroll. And after they scroll a few times, they're like, Clearly she wants me to click this button and do this. So I should probably do it. There should be no doubt in your client's mind what they should do and where they should go. And there should also not be distractions. Like there should not be a bunch of pages for them to click around on. I like to tell people your website could literally be one page. If you have a one-page website, that should serve its purpose. You don't need an about me section. Like an about me page. You don't need a portfolio page. You don't even really necessarily have to have an investment page. Like you could literally just build a very strong one page website. People can't get lost. They can't click off of it. All signs lead to contact me and you're going to get your clients where you want them to go. So definitely minimizing distractions and making sure that that call to action is incredibly strong. So. Charlotte, what are your thoughts on call to actions? What do you think the importance of this call to action is? I mean, it really is everything.
1: Absolutely. Your
0: clear messaging keeps people interested in scrolling and gets them to buy in. But the call to action is what really converts them. So tell me more about your thoughts.
1: Yes, exactly. So in the in the last section, I, you know, kind of alluded to make that very clear messaging in your call to action of make it very clear, kind of like Karina was saying about the neon sign, like, when you drive past a donut shop, the sign says we're open or we're closed. Or you drive past Krispy Kreme, hot and fresh. They don't have hot and fresh, but you know they've been out an hour, and you know you can call by and see if there's some available. And da And if you want, you can go on our website, and uh, you know you can pre order too. And no, it's just one thing that you want them to do firstly it's important that your messaging is clear in your call to action that button needs to tell someone what that action is it's an instruction basically and then i would say with that call to action is if you think you've got enough of them double it because i am yet to go on a website and do a website audit for someone that has enough call to action The next thing I would say about call to action is yes, we want the call to action to be the same. We want it to be worded the same as well. The one of the really frustrating things I find is, you know, what some people will be cute and clever. And, you know, when someone has to make a decision or use up their energy making a decision on your website saying, well, do I click this button that says schedule a call or do I click this button that says find out more? The person doing the website may have taken on board my advice, which is, you know, all roads lead to the call to action. But then they've decided to be cute and clever with the wording. And so really, it doesn't matter which button that client clicks, they're going to get to the same place. But you're still using up their energy in making the decision. Do I click the button that says schedule a call? Or do I click the button that says find out more? And so you've wasted your client's decision making energy in something that would have led to the same place anyway so really get clear on what your call to action is the other thing I find with call to actions is people tend to get worried that they are going to hard sell in their call to action and what I would say to you is it's a button (laughs) unless you have you know some crazy outlandish thing written on that button you're not going to offend anyone by asking them to click a button to start the journey with you whatever that first step is. So, you know, get out of your head, get over it. It's a button. So um, don't put too much thought into, you know, worried about hard selling someone on that button. And then the last thing I would say about call to action is if by the time someone gets to the bottom of your page and they have not yet clicked that call to action button, you can introduce what's called a transitional call to action. Typically, this transitional call to action would be for someone that really wants to read more. There are a few people still left in the world that do like to read more and do a lot of reading before they take that kind of action. I would encourage you for that transitional call to action button to be something in which you are able to get the contact information so that you can reach out to them. So that would be typically a lead magnet, you know, a freebie, a download, With a photographer, it could be a locked gallery that requires their email address to look at the images. It could be that. It could be a newsletter. Nobody signs up for newsletters anymore, but could be that. It could be, you know, a giveaway or something like that. But I would definitely say that needs to be at the very, very bottom. And that is a last resort. That is, if this person has got to the bottom of this website and they've resisted taking that first step with you, then this is your last ditch effort to get them into your ecosystem.
0: What type of call to action do you recommend using for a photographer?
1: Specific wording? They call me, email me, contact me, schedule a call. Like if we were to get more into this, we would start talking about the steps to working with you. So I would commend that call to action to be literally whatever the first step is to working with you. In my world, and in many of my clients' world, doing a very high touch kind of service, a very personalized service, that button typically is schedule a consultation, schedule a discovery call, schedule an informational call with me. And that is the first step I want my clients to take with me. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, you know, your website should attract and repel people. And so if someone's not willing to get on a call with me in my world, they're not my client yet it doesn't yeah. mean that they will never be my client it just means that i don't really want to spend my time emailing back and forth with someone that's not ready to pick up the phone and actually talk to me and so typically that that would be you know a scheduler you know a calendly scheduler or a you know uh, whatever crm you use if it has a scheduler embedded into it just takes them quite simply to a page. And again, that page needs to be not covered in lots of things, other things that can distract them. That page needs to be, and mine actually quite simply is it literally takes them to a link. It's not a very beautiful URL. The URL is ridiculous and it has the word dubsado in it and everything else. It's very long and it's not pretty, but it takes them to somewhere where the only thing that they are doing is scheduling a call with me, giving me their name, their email, their phone number and you know and and selecting a time to talk to me one thing I will add to that which is a little bit moving off the topic of websites just slightly but what I will say about that call to action is you need to remove any and all barriers for people that want to work with you so when I first started out in my business I was you know like most people my schedule was wide open you could talk to me whenever you want and you know and then I quickly got very burnt out doing that And then, you know, I went the other extreme of, oh, I'm only taking discovery calls on, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 till 2. And that was, you know, too extreme in that it really did limit, it put a barrier in the way for people to to book with me. And so, you know, I would definitely open that schedule up as much as possible for people. And the other thing that I have seen a lot of photographers do is basically ask someone to give them their life story on the, uh, you know, on that first click of the, you know, schedule a call with me, their call to action. And I would say, don't make it difficult for your client to book that call with you. Ask them their name, their email. Don't ask them what color socks they're wearing or anything else like that. Ask them the name, email, phone number, and maybe some kind of pre-qualifying question that helps you determine what kind of a client that they might be. But other than that, don't don't ask them to write a novel.
0: For the love of all things, do not ask your client what their budget is. They don't know what their budget is. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Please do not ask that. that. (laughs) Somebody asked me this the other day on, I think last night on our group Q&A call in the coaching program, somebody said this, they were like, what days do you open up on your schedule for info calls? And I said, like, if you do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you have some time on, you know, every other day, you're probably good. You don't need to have every single day, all day long open. But, you know, a few days a week for a couple hour time chunks, hopefully they can find something, right? If they really want to work with you, like if they're at work during the day, they're going to find 15, 20 minutes to step away from their desk and go call you if they really want to work with you. The other thing I want to point out here is that if somebody schedules an info call through my website, 99% of the time, if they go through my website, they schedule an info call with me, they're going to book. My booking rate by having that is so high. I don't deal with emails, tire kickers that really aren't interested. Pretty much. I know if they schedule an info call on my website, they're going to book. Period. The end. It makes it super simple. And I, I don't know if y'all heard me say this on the podcast before, but I hate emails. (laughs) I absolutely hate emails. So I'm going to do everything in my power to avoid emails. I don't want contact forms on my website. I don't want any of that stuff. I just want them to schedule a call. Or pick up the phone and call me. I would rather them just pick up the phone and call me, and I'm driving down the road, than to have them email me. That's how I feel about emails. So, having a direct call to action that gets them on your calendar is super great, and it has worked well for me. And I know it's worked well for Charlotte. Charlotte's always walking off, and she's like, "Hang on, like she'll come visit in Texas." She's like, "I have an info call scheduled on. My- oh, an info call just popped up on my calendar, and it's like it's a cool feeling to just." not have to do any work and people are on your calendar like that. So definitely a scheduler. If you don't have one, get one today.
1: (laughs) Schedulers are wonderful. I would say at the bare minimum, if someone's filling in a form, ask when you can call them. If you don't have a scheduler, if they're not booking their own appointment, then ask them when you can call. And as Corinda said, offer different varying times. So if you're offering Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday morning, Wednesday evening, Friday afternoon, for example. So the offering vary in times of day as well. For sure. You know, remove those barriers, but also at the same time, realize that if these people do want to work with you, they will make time for a 15 minute call. A hundred percent. And I'd agree actually my conversion rate from my website, if someone schedules a consultation is extremely high conversion versus a Facebook message or an Instagram message or an email is much lower. Yes. I love that. And
0: I don't send my clients really anything extra special to get them ready for my info call. I just send them a reminder says, Hey, I'll be calling you at this time. And that's it. So I'm not doing a whole lot of prep work beforehand either. I'm just getting on the call and talking to them. And you know what I think is really interesting about websites and people in general that I notice from my info call is that when I ask my client who booked through my website, I say, have you had a chance to look through our website? Have you had a chance to look at our different investment options? Most of the time people are like, nope, I just scheduled the call. I just went to your website, just scheduled a call right away. They don't even care. People don't even care to go to an investment page and they're not going to take the time to really go do the extra work. If all signs point to contact me, they're just going to contact you and trust the process of doing that. So I find that really interesting. Do you find that most of your clients have like dug and gone to your investment page and really looked at your pricing before they contact you, Charlotte? Or
1: No. (laughs) No. Most of them have extremely basic questions, which regardless of whether they have or they haven't, I'm still going to have the same conversation with them on their discovery call anyway. For sure. It would be interesting for me to ask them that. But, you know, some of them will say, oh, I've been looking at your new website and I saw this. And usually throughout the discovery call, you will get a feel for how much they've read. But for the most part, no, they just schedule a discovery call. And that's exactly what I want them to do.
0: Yeah. I think pricing without context is not a good thing. My pricing's on my website. but They can go look at my website and see like my session fees. And, you know, that's enough for them to be like, okay, that is way too high. And they're not going to contact me, hopefully, if it's ridiculously high, or they feel like it's way too high. But really, I don't really need them to know beforehand. I just need them to get on a call so I can talk to them and explain it to them over the phone.
1: Yeah, definitely build that value. And, you know, like you said, put into context those prices, they mean nothing outside of that conversation with them.
0: Yes. Which is why you can just have a one page website. (laughs) You don't have to have all the extra pages. So let's talk about this last piece of the puzzle, which is making it about your clients and not you. So I think in the story brand world, they say, make your client, the hero in your website, share the story, the journey. You mentioned this earlier, paint the picture of the journey. I say that Mm -hmm. a lot allow themselves to be able to like go through your website and imagine themselves in those photos and those words and the messaging and the experience that you're providing Mm -hmm. and show their transformation. You don't even need an about me section on your website. How many of y'all are listening to this and you have an about me section on your website that says, hi, I'm Corinda. I went to school at Texas A&M and I graduated this year and I have an animal science degree. My senior year of college, I discovered that I like taking pictures and I was kind of good at it. So I decided I'd start a business. Your clients don't need to know that, nor do they really care. You might think they care, but really they don't. So I'm sorry if I bursted your bubble by saying that today, but you don't need an about me section make it about your clients. Don't make it about yourself. So share your thoughts on this, Charlotte, as it pertains to websites. Like, what does this mean for people that are listening to this?
1: You know, when I open up a photographer's website and I see like, hi, my name is so-and-so and, and, you know, and there's a picture of them holding a camera and it's all cute and everything. And, you know, I, I love dogs and animals and I've been photographing people since I was four years old and, you know, that kind of thing. I cringe, (laughs) for one, but I know that most people don't know any better. Also, this presents itself too when, you know, I, Corinda will know that the sideways glances she got from me when we attended a a conference recently and the first 10 minutes were the speaker introducing themselves and their credentials and blah, 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 and their accolades and their achievements. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. All they care about is what you can do for them. And it sounds very cold and callous, but that's that's all it is is what can you do for them? so how the how the story brand you know achieves this is that they say, establish the character just like a movie, right? Establish the character, and they are the hero of your story. How I like to put it quite simply is your website. And I quite often use the word web page. And the reason I use the word web page is because really that's all it needs to be. You know, as we've just said, you don't need any, you don't need a 10 page website. You just need really a one pager. And that's quite often where I start with my, you know, my website messaging clients is, let's get you a one pager that does the job. Let's get you a one pager that achieves what we need to achieve. And then we'll think about the rest after. Yes, it's nice to have you know uh, another link that you can send your bought-in clients to to get more information. But really what we're establishing at this point is that clear messaging, the call to action and taking that client on a journey. And that journey is about them. So it's not about all of my accolades. It's not about how many magazines I've been in. It's not about why I started photography because like I said, they don't care. So what we're presenting our client with in this framework is... We're establishing who that client is. As I, when when I was speaking about the headers earlier, we're allowing that client to pre-qualify themselves. If they don't recognize themselves as a dog mom or a bride-to-be or the parent of a newborn, then they're gonna click off your website if they don't establish themselves as those people, if they don't recognize themselves in that description. So we're establishing who your hero of your story is. Then we're introducing the problem. Why has that person come to you? Now, problem can be quite a loaded, you know, a loaded phrase. You know, in a product website, you know, we typically associate products with problems, right, and solving problems. So, like, I have really bad acne. That's the problem, right, if you're selling them face cream, okay? With photography, we do tend to distance ourselves from the problems that we're solving. And sometimes we have to work a little bit harder to establish what those problems really are. And what I would say, what I would encourage you is to establish what those problems are and not just, I'm looking for a photographer. We need to be more specific than that and make this about our client and their specific problem they, they have. Their specific problem might be, I need a photographer that captures the true essence of my family, that's gonna spell us. Before, you know, instead of just showing up and meeting us for a mini session in a random city park, and I don't even know the photographer's name prior to them showing up. Could be, I need a photographer that isn't terrified of horses, and I need them to understand that my horse is an absolute turd and he won't stand still, and they're going to be fine with that because they're used to doing that. So their specific pain point is what you need to address there. And again, not your pain point, point, not how wonderful you are, but identifying the specific pain point and problem of that client. And then, and only then, are you going to introduce yourself as the guide, not the hero, not the superhero, not the person that saves the day, the person that's going to guide them into solving that problem. And then there's, you know, there's steps after that, but that's the, that, you know, the, the part where you introduce and position your client as the main character in this story. And that's where I see most photographers going wrong is they're positioning themselves as the main character in the story. And that is the wrong way to do it. Yeah. So you are positioning yourself as the guide, the person that's going to lead them to solving that problem and creating, you know, wonderful artwork of their dogs and their horses or whatever in their home. And if you think of all great movies, they all have this guide, right? You know, everyone has this guide that the main character in the story is going to find this guide that's going to help them solve their problem.
0: Yeah, I love it. I think it's a difference in Charlotte. If Charlotte put on her website, hey, guys, don't worry if your dog is crazy. I am a search and rescue person and I train dogs every day. And my dogs are highly trained, more trained than most people's dogs. And they're kind of nuts, but I still deal with them well and they still listen. And I have lots of tips and tricks because I've been in search and rescue for all these years. By the way, I also do this and I also can do this and I also can do this versus saying, hey, don't worry. I got you. Your dog can be wild and crazy and will still get great portraits. That's like the difference in these two positions of making it about yourself versus making it about your clients is. You don't have to talk about yourself to say, hey, I gotcha. It's cool if your dog's crazy, we'll still be able to get good portraits. You don't need to explain to them that you've got this because you've been to be a photographer for 15 years or something like that, right? So I think that is really important. I really have enjoyed this topic in this conversation. And I think it is so important to have. And I think that it is probably one of the things that photographers are the most afraid of, <laughs> especially new photographers. They're like, I don't have my website done yet, so I can't launch my business. Or it's like, I'm not getting any inquiries through my website. And I go to a website and it's like, well, yeah, because nobody knows what to do when they get there. Or it's like, well, I'm not getting any inquiries and you look at their website it doesn't even say where they're located. Guys, if I go to your website right now, can I tell where you live and what areas you serve? If I cannot readily tell where you live and what areas you serve in the first five seconds, there's a problem. So I think that you just really have to consider like your website is really, it is important, but you don't need to overcomplicate it. You don't need to make it a million pages. You don't need to do all these extra fluffy things. You just need to be clear and concise, call your clients to action and make it about them, not about yourself. So if you've been sitting there waiting to publish your website because you're not sure what to write in your about me section, this is Charlotte and I telling you to just delete the about me bio that you've written a hundred times and get rid of it and call it a day because you don't need it.
1: <laughs> nobody cares.
0: Nobody cares. <laughs> as sad yeah. as that is to say. So Charlotte, why don't you tell us what you really help photographers do with their websites a little bit more and how people can... Reach out to you. We'll put all your details and all the links of how they can get in touch with you in the show notes and all that good stuff. But why don't you tell people what the process typically looks like when they're considering hiring somebody to come in and help them with their copy and figuring out how to lay out their web page?
1: Sure. So, what I want to point out in my experience of working with web designers. I mentioned at the beginning that I worked for a family business, that I worked on two of their websites eventually. What I didn't mention was prior to working with the Certified Story Brand Guide, we actually had a local web designer come to quote the job, and and he was hired without my consultation. It was really before I was brought onto the project, and he didn't get it. He just didn't get it. Because unfortunately, he was just a web developer. He was writing code. He was creating websites. He wasn't interested in helping writing copy that converts. He wasn't interested in how successful that website was in terms of creating visitors and turning visitors into paying clients. That wasn't his job. His job was to get the vision of the colors, the layout, the whatever, the functionality of the website and turn it using technology into a place on the internet. And that's all he was there to do. The difference for me working with that guy and then firing him and uh, hiring a, you know, somebody that was more well-versed in in the storytelling aspect of it was night and day. And so that's what I realized that was missing from uh, particularly, you know, from the industry that I am in, in photography, is that that helped to all of these photographers, they can create these amazing images, but unfortunately they don't sell themselves and you need to have some words that go with that. And so I have sort of been able to find this place where I can bridge the gap between the website developer guy who knows how to create this space, this virtual space online, and the photographer who knows what they want to say, knows the end result, but doesn't quite know how to say it or how to convey that to their clients. And so what I do with my clients is I take them through the process of creating a one page website. And the reason I say a one page website is, let me just illustrate this. I want to preface this with something. And I want you to imagine that you're watching TV and you're watching a movie and 15 minutes into the movie, they say, okay, right, well, that's enough on this channel. If you want to watch the rest of this movie, we need you to go to this channel and it starts in five minutes. And you know, you're like, oh, well crap. Like, okay, where's the remote? And oh, you know, I'm kind of thirsty. Since we're taking a break, I'm gonna go and get a drink. And then you realize, well, you haven't signed up for that channel that the rest of the movie's on. So, you know, I can't watch it anyway. And before you know it, you're lost. And that's kind of what happens when you have all of these different places, different pages different places for a client to explore on your website and a weak call to action is that they just get lost they get distracted and so how i start the process with my clients is to create this solid killer effective one page website that is built as a you know a lead generation machine and is built to convert their visitors into, you know, to take that call to action to eventually become paying clients. There's definitely options that we can look at to create more than that. And there are, in when I say it's a one-page website, in reality, there will be more pages to it. But initially that's our focus is creating that killer one-page website that takes the client on the journey, tells them everything they need to know and nothing more in order to take that first step with you in the process. So, you know, I've worked with, you know, several different people in different industries, but photography is obviously my, you know, my area of expertise being a photographer myself. If somebody is
0: interested in working with someone like you who can help them with their copy, the first step is normally just scheduling a consultation call, right? Or requesting a website audit. That's really common in this industry tell us more like what a website audit is or a homepage audit, what that entails and how people can, if they're interested in like, dang, I think I'm missing the mark. Can Charlotte look at my website and tell me if I'm on the right track or if I am just absolutely just really falling on my face here? What does that website audit process look like?
1: Sure. So the website audit... I basically will hop on your website and I will pretty much run your website or your rather your home page. We're talking about your web page here, not your website, because quite honestly, I don't care about your about me page or your contact me page or your portfolio. It really doesn't matter to me. What matters to me, just like your client, is that I can jump on your homepage and I can answer those questions. Who you are. You know, and when I say who you are, I mean, like literally the name of your business, who you are, where you are, what you do, the problem you solve and how I can get it and, you know, how that how I'm going to why I should. Right. And so that's the audit that I do on that's I offer a free audit for anyone that is interested in working with me, wants to see the way I deliver things, the way I think I'm extremely to the point. I am not one for adding a bunch of fluff in there. You will receive a a very blunt, very to the point homepage audit from me that will last no more than 5 minutes, and I will just give you, you know, some pointers for that. If that's something that you want to, you know, go ahead and make those tweaks and see how it goes, I can guarantee you that you will see some difference. However, if you want to dive a little bit more and have my help in creating the the copy for your homepage, and then potentially the rest of your website. I also offer a full consultation for that where I can, you know, kind of go through some of your goals, some of the particular problems that you're having specific to you, you know, your plans for your new site, your vision for your website. And then I can talk to you about some of the options as to what it might look like to work with me.
0: Awesome. I love that. I think Doing audits with people is a great way to talk to them, get an idea of if they're a good fit, if what they say resonates with you, or if you're like, this person's crazy. (laughs) The great part is Charlotte's super honest. She's not going to lie to you or fluff things up. She's just going to tell you how it is. So I can guarantee you're going to get lots of good, honest feedback. It's kind of like I do diagnostic calls with people all the time and we just kind of talk about their business. I have a checklist of things I ask them about. To see where they're at. And then I kind of say, okay, here's where I think you're missing the mark and here's how I can help you. And that's exactly what you'll get out of a a website audit or a homepage audit, not a website, (laughs) a homepage audit with Charlotte is that really honest look at where you might be missing the mark in your business. And honestly, I would say hiring somebody to help me with my website. Like I said, I haven't touched my website in years because I hired a professional that did an amazing job with the copy. And literally when I look at it, yeah, there's some few little things that I could tweak and update, but like it has lasted the test of time because it was built and there was so much thought and so much effort and so much deep diving into it that happened that I'm cool with it. It's good. I know it's good. So I think that it's a super good, valuable investment. And really like if you book one client from it and your clients spend... Five or $6,000, or if you get that $20,000 client from your website, Mm -hmm. you know, holy crap, your website pays for itself super quick. I mean, most of you are probably going to need one or maybe two clients. If you are having clients that are high paying clients to really pay for having a professional come in and hold your hand and do the thing. I know Charlotte has relationships with people who can also do the implementation and build the website for you and help you and guide you. So. It's not just like you have to go hire Charlotte and then you're like, I don't know how to implement it. I need to find someone else. Charlotte can take care of you there. She has the people in her pocket that can help with the full process. So you don't have to worry about anything. Like just let them handle it and just be like, okay,
1: show me my pretty website when you're done. <laughs> yes, we can definitely <laughs> do that. That's, uh, You know, that's something too is, you know, and that's the way I worked with, you know, the initial websites that I built was, you know, getting someone to, really get to the bottom of what I wanted to say and how I wanted to convey that message and then going ahead and implementing it for me and that's the big part that's missing when you just go to a regular web builder web developer Mm -hmm. is that they are missing a huge chunk of the work that needs to happen ahead of time now yeah you can buy build a story brand book and you can read through all of that and you can you know try to piecemeal it together yourself but the shortcut is, you know, literally in less than a day, I can have that entire thing done with yeah. you. And then you have the choice as to whether you hand that off to a web developer of your choosing or whether you decide to use my people, but that's just all whether you decide to DIY it, but you're DIYing it from a place of literally copying and pasting because you've been able to go through that with me in order to say what you want to say. And it's just a question of then creating a website from that, you know, and I think I've heard it said before that your website is the equivalent to your digital handshake. So if someone has a weak handshake, I always notice. (laughs) And so, you know, when someone has a weak website, I'll call you out on it. But also, you know, it's inviting someone into your metaphorical online home. And if your online home is a mess or it's embarrassing or if it's dated or if it just doesn't really speak to your client, they will notice and you are likely to lose that client through that that lack of connection there. So, you know, it's definitely something that's worth spending time on mm-hmm. and getting right. And and as you said, a website that's probably properly written and the messaging that's properly written to suit the target audience mm-hmm. will stand the test of time. Unless that client changes, Or unless the business changes drastically, I think I can say the same. I spent the time doing it properly in the beginning, and I really haven't made many updates to my website either. The updates I've made have been adding value to my existing clients, my clients who I'm sending to an internal web page that kind of just suits me to send them to a web page to get more information or whatever, as opposed to having to spend that time tweaking this and tweaking that and changing this and changing that. When I do a website overhaul or a website update, it really is just, you know, focusing on some SEO and some tidying things up, giving it a little bit of a facelift, not changing the entire uh, integrity of my website and starting over again. And that's the worst thing I hear is, you know, every couple of years, you know, you hear some or every year, even or sometimes even every six months, it's horrifying you know, photographers saying, oh yeah, I need to update my website again. It's like, no, no, you don't. If you, if you do it right in the first place, you will not need to do it. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely worth putting those solid foundations in the, in the beginning.
0: For sure. So if y'all are interested in an audit, we'll put the details in the show notes about how you can grab an audit with Charlotte. She only works with a certain number of clients every month and her schedule is super limited because she does have her own full-time portrait business. Plus she helps photographers build their websites. So if y'all are interested in really having her help and her guidance, like get on her schedule ASAP because I can guarantee you as soon as this episode comes out, her calendar is going to be slammed. So don't hesitate. Do it right now. Go in the show notes, grab a time to chat with her or, you know, request that audit. And I can guarantee you it's going to be so eye opening and so helpful for your business and really is going to move the needle for you. So, thank you for joining us. Let us know. Send Charlotte a DM or me a DM and let us know what you took away from this episode, what your favorite part was. Charlotte, if they want to message you, where should they message you?
1: Sure. So, right now, I can be found on Instagram and Facebook is Charlotte Detienne Photography. I'm still operating under my photography brand right now, or charlottedetienne.com. And as you said, we'll we'll put the specific link for scheduling a website consultation in the show notes. But by all means, drop me a DM message on Facebook, whatever, and I can directly send that link to you as well.
0: Yes, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Charlotte. I cannot wait Thank you. all of the website tweaks that y'all make after this episode. I actually take a screenshot of your website before you change it, and then after you listen to this episode and you make some tweaks. Pick another screenshot and send them to us so we can see all of the amazing things you do on your website from today's episode. Yes, great. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please make sure you share it on social media or leave a rating and review. As always, you can check out the links and resources in the show notes over at MasterYourMindMoney.com. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at MasterYourMindMoney.com. And don't forget to join our free Facebook group, Photography Business Tune-Up with Corinda Kay. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.